Hey there, it's Leanne Wolke. I'm a yogi, an entrepreneur, and a life coach, trying to share authentic practices of yoga and the deeper meaning, what I think is the deeper meaning of it all. I started practicing yoga about 24 years ago, before the days of Lululemon, before the days of Instagram, when it was about a purple $18 mat and running pants or tights or whatever you had to wear and your practice. Didn't matter what you wore. It didn't matter if there was a gimmick or not. You went because you wanted the benefits of the practice. Now lately, I've been pretty vocal about all of the marketing that goes along with yoga and yoga with goats, yoga with puppies, yoga with kittens, yoga with bunnies, you name it, I've heard it. Even yoga with a beer and yoga and whiskey. That's great, but I think we're missing the point. Yoga doesn't need to be dressed up or dressed down. The practice is sufficient to stand alone. Now, I've always been a purist at some level. I studied with Patavi Joyce, who was a guru in India, and the founder of Ashtanga Yoga, which is what most forms of power yoga that we practice here in the U.S., what most people are somewhat familiar with. Now, in my desire to bring these tools, techniques, and practices to my community, I've basically shied away from weekly beer events or goats or animals or whatever else. Now, I, I have been to yoga with goats classes and they've been fun and funny and I've done yoga on a paddleboard and yoga in different places around town. But the point is, how are we really using these props and tools? Are we using them to make yoga a gimmick? In which case, I'm totally against it. This practice for me is a soul-giving, life-giving experience. It helps to keep my body in shape. It helps to keep my body flexible and my mind too. Now, recently, I scheduled an event at my studio, which was a kirtan. Now, if you've never heard of a kirtan, it's kind of like a sing-along campfire type event with a musician, except they're using sacred mantras, which are like uh, phrases or different sounds to do different things in your brain and your body. The idea is that through these mantras that you'll tap into that flow state in that present moment and see the beauty and the unity of all. Now, I was thrilled when I got the message asking if I wanted to have a well-known kirtan artist at my studio. I jumped at the chance. I was like, yes. Some of the options were you could do a class where you would teach the class and he would play the music. Or you could do a kirtan, which is the call and response chanting. So he would have some musicians and play, and then the people would repeat back what he sings. And it's this beautiful back and forth. I first learned about this in India, and I loved it. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Because I don't have the voice of a singer. I don't sing a whole lot. And my teacher was this native... Indian woman who had this beautiful lilting voice. I, however, sounded like I had swallowed a frog. 
in sharp contrast to her, it was painful for me to even continue, but I knew I was on the edge of my comfort zone. I also knew that there's more power in learning to do the things that are uncomfortable because if I can do the things that are uncomfortable in India, I can do the things that are uncomfortable and hard to run a business. I can do the things that are uncomfortable and hard to have a good relationship and to ask for what I want. So when I scheduled this kirtan, I thought people would be thrilled. But I've got to tell you, when I've looked at the enrollment numbers, I'm shocked and I'm a little embarrassed because I thought my community would really show up for this event. Last night I was at a mastermind meeting and someone who comes to a lot of the events we do and loves us said, hey, I want to come, I think, but what's a kirtan? She kind of whispered under her breath and I thought, oh my gosh, people in this area don't even know what a kirtan is. So I haven't educated my community about what a kirtan is or the benefits of it. I just assumed that they knew. So my question for you is, where are you making assumptions about what people already know? We do it all the time. And in this case, it's affecting the numbers of this event, but more importantly, it's affecting the number of people that get to experience this truly amazing experience. Where can you educate people to share more about what you have to offer? How can you make sure that they understand the beauty of your gifts? All right, so that's my thought for tonight. Bye for now. And if you're in Nashville and you want to come to a great event, show up tomorrow.